Today's message, You Can't Stop the Unstoppable. And I want you to turn with me, if you would, in, in your uh, Bibles to Acts chapter 5 and verse 29. I think we have it up here. If you just want to look up here, you can do that the same way. Uh, and I want to read this, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to get in uh, to this word this morning, because I believe God's going to speak to some of you here today. How many of you come hungry for a move of God? Let me see your hand, you know? You know, if you, you know, you have to have faith, you have to, if, you know, the Bible says those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled, you know, it's not a nonchalant uh, attitude that we need to take, a case sarah, sarah attitude, no, 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 it's like being hungry and, and, and expecting and believing and, and looking for things to happen in your life. Listen to the word of God, Acts five twenty nine, and Peter, Simon Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted his own own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God hath given to those who obey him. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that we're in your presence. And in your presence is the fullness of joy. And I pray today, O God, that you would help us to be obedient. Help us, O Lord, to look to you in time of need, in time of trouble. In time when it seems like uh, the storms of life are coming against us, help us to look to you. And I know that you will be there. I know that we can find you, Lord, if we are looking. And I thank you for that promise. In Jesus' name, we ask your blessings. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let me ask a question this morning. How many of you have faced some kind of an impossible situation? Let me see your hand. An impossible situation. Now, I, I want to tell you a little story. A, a few years ago, several years ago, I should say, that my mom, I was visiting her, and she asked me, my dad had died, uh, as a, you know, he worked in around the coal mines down in uh, uh, Appalachian Mountains, Appalachia, matter of fact, Appalachia, Virginia. And uh, he, 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 you know, died, left my mother with uh, three children herself to raise and uh, he's gone. He died of uh, lung cancer and some kind of a lung disease of emphysema. And my mother was, you know, working with a lawyer and trying to get what was called a, a black lung benefit. And, uh, you know, what the lawyer had been working on this for, you know, uh, years. I mean, years, literally years. I don't know how many years, but it's literally years. My mom said, I need you to take me up there and see, you know, what's going on and what they're uh, you know, doing about this because she needed some help financially. How many has ever needed some financial help? Let me see her hands, okay? Well, she's a widow, okay? And she's not working. She has three children still at home and, and helping raise these children. And so I said, sure, Mom, I'll take you up. So we went up to the county seat, and we were there and, and uh, where the lawyer's office was, and we went in and talked with him. And after a while, the lawyer let us know that there was nothing he could do, that he had tried for years. He tried everything he knew to do, and there were some areas where they're saying, no, we just, you know, uh, they, they denied that claim. Matter of fact, that's what they said. So my mom, I, I remember her, you know, looking at the lawyer. You got to know my mom, you know. She's just one of those that just spoke her mind. So she's just, she kind of, you know, stood up and looked over at the lawyer. She said, so do I owe you anything? 
He said, you don't owe me a thing. He said, I didn't do anything for you. She said, so I want my papers back. He said, well, sure, you have anything back, you know. So he hands the papers back to my mom, and she takes them, and she kind of takes them real quick, like, I'll take that, you know, and takes the papers back, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. And we walk out of the office, and we walk out in the vestibule, and she looked at me, and she said, I want you to agree together with me in prayer. We're going to get this benefit. Come on, somebody. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm going to believe with you, okay, you're, you're having faith, I'm going to have faith with you, mama, and uh, so I agreed together, we prayed, prayed over those papers, laid hands on those papers, believed God that God's going to do something, and after we prayed, then she handed the papers back to me, and she said, I want you to call this guy, you know, and, and you tell him that I want this benefit, and I'm thinking, huh? You had a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer, you had a lawyer working on this for years, he said no. She said, all things are possible to them that believe. Something to that effect. And quoted some other scriptures in the Bible. I can't remember the exact quotations, but I'm thinking, all right, she has faith in this. She's believing God for something to happen. How many of you have been in an area like that in your life? So, folks, I'll tell you what I did. I prayed, I believed. Uh, There's times when I have faith in my, I feel like I can uh, run through a wall and leap over a a wall and run through a troop, as David said. Sometimes I feel that way. And sometimes I feel like a little hair on a little toe. Come on, somebody. I mean, the feelings can get in the way. How many of you know feelings can get in the way? And if you're going by your feelings, you can forget it because you can feel good one day and bad the next, but God's still working. Your feelings doesn't change what God is doing. Your feelings doesn't change the power of God in your life. How many of you just say, sometimes you have a bad day? How many of you know, some days you wake up and you just want to pull the shades back down and go back to sleep? But but we don't do that. We we continue on. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you this story from, you know, so, you know, we pray over this. And, and I call this guy. And, and I talk with him. And I'm, folks, I'm, it was, I don't believe it's my talking with him. We had prayed over this. I talked with him, and I told him, he said, well, he said, sir, do you understand that we have thousands of people putting claims in like this? I said, sir, I'm not worried about the thousand. I'm worried about one. And it's my mama. And I'm calling you, and I'm asking you to give favor in this. And I left it in, I, I went, went, actually I went back to Ohio and I had to leave her and we went back and, you know, within 30 days, my mom called and said, hey, we got it. We got it. He said, the guy said, there's going to be a large check coming in the mail and there would be one each month from, from now on. Somebody say amen. Someone say glory to God. See, you know, God is, is bigger than what your situation. Sometimes we don't, you know, sometimes we try to put God in a little box, like what sometimes we put ourselves in the box, but don't do that. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. That's who our God is. Can you say amen? So maybe, 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 maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're in a season of your life where you're facing situations of impossible tasks. You know, that you're going through a divorce, or you feel like a failure. You feel unwanted. You feel unworthy or unloved. And you're facing opposition of some sort, you know. And and you may feel that this is insurmountable. Maybe that's what you're feeling like this morning. So this message is for you. Come on, somebody. 
I'm talking right to you today because I believe God wants you to hear this. As we watch this AD series tonight, you're going to see some of that. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words, so they're going to probably put it in a better way than I can say it today. But you're going to begin to see how God moved in the apostles' life. And he changed present situations and circumstances to make it be so where they could go through those obstacles and those problems of life. How many of you have had problems this year? Let me see your hands. You've had problems this month. Let me see your hands. You've had problems today. Let me see your hands. Everybody say problems. Problems. Some of us have truckloads. Come on, somebody. But our God can take care of our problems. God is with you. I said God is with you. I don't believe you're hearing me. I said God is with you. And His grace is sufficient for every need that you may have today. So in episode 5 of the AD series, we saw how even in the midst of persecution. Now, I know we don't, you know, sometimes we can't relate to persecution because we live in America. You know, and thank God for the good old USA. When I went to, when I went to Haiti in 1978, when I got off the plane coming back, I literally kissed the ground because I thought, wow, I know what people are talking about. When you begin to see the living conditions and the things they're making mud pies and eating mud pies because they don't have anything to put in their bellies. Come on, somebody. It's like, are you serious? You know, yeah, people live like that. People, yes, they do. And sometimes we, we complain because we don't have enough hairspray. Come on, somebody. We think we're having a trial because our, we didn't have the hairspray to put on our hair that day. What a trial we've just faced. You know, no, we don't understand. Persecution. Everybody say persecution. When you're going through something that's beyond anything that you know anything about. See, some of us might have had some verbal persecution. You know, I, when I worked in the shop for many years, you know, there are many times, you know, I was the blunt of the joke or whatever it may be. But you know what? That's nothing compared to what these, you know, you know and, and today in other parts of the country, do you know that there's Christians that are dying because they're simply a Christian? Because Jesus is Lord of their life. They're, they're, li- they're, they're losing their life because of, you know, their position with Christ. So persecution, the apostles of the early church continued to be obedient, declaring the gospel. And here's the, here's the operative word, obedience. See, when God tells you to do something, you just need to be obedient to that. God will take care of you and God will take care of the situation. Can I get a witness? God will see you through it. So they faced opposition from the religious leaders the political leaders of their time and were thrown in jail, you know, and, and, and on multiple occasions. And they were, they were beaten and all that. Yes, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Christians can experience boldness, power, declare truth and receive, you know, empowerment. They were focusing, I should say they weren't focusing on their present, but they were focusing on their God. Come on, somebody. And they were looking to God. They, see, they, they realized that Jesus died on the cross, they were there. They saw him die. They saw that soldier take the spear and ram it into his side after he'd been hanging for six hours and his knees was out, his hands were down. They realized he was already dead, but even with that, the soldier putting the sword into his side and forthwith came blood and water, meaning that his heart had, had burst. In other words, it was, it was over. They realized that. He, he was in the tomb for three days. They realized, but they saw him after that. And while they were eating, he walked in the place right through the wall, came over, ate a Big Mac with them, and then walked out the door with the Big Mac with him. I don't understand that, but it happened. Come on, somebody. 
walking through walls. I, you know, I can't get it through my head. I can see a Jesus with this new glorified body, but what, what was with the Big Mac? Come on, somebody. The pastor didn't eat a Big Mac. Well, they eat something. The wafers or whatever that was tangible, but he walked right through another wall and went out. They were focusing on God. As a result, men and women were saved. Men and women were healed. Not many were witnessed to. And 5,000 people came to know Jesus because of the boldness. As they looked at Peter and John, they were ignorant men, but they knew they had been with Jesus. And great things began to happen. The mission of spreading the gospel all over the earth was unstoppable. Everybody say unstoppable. You can't stop the unstoppable. When God puts a prophecy, when God gives you a word, when God begins to speak to you about a situation of your life and you're standing on that, let me tell you something. Uh, All the demons in hell cannot stop what God's going to do. Somebody say amen. Amen. You just got to walk it out. Number one, so write this down. That was introduction. Number one, write this down. God calls us to the impossible. God calls us to the impossible. When my mother asked me to pray and for the impossible, I have to admit, I, I had to overcome doubts and fears that came to my own mind. And I'm thinking, wow, this lawyer's had this for years. I mean, you know, you know in other words, it, it had to go out of the natural into what we call, help me out, the supernatural. It had to go from where it was at over here to where it needed to be over here in the supernatural. In other words, it needs to come out of our hands into his hands. And sometimes we have to let go of our hands. Come on, somebody. Cast all of your care on him. You know, why can't God take care of my problem? Because you won't let go of it. Come on, somebody. You won't give it to God. You, you, wanna, you say you give it to God, but you're holding on to that situation. You're holding on to it. That's my, kid, that's my uh, whatever your situation may be. You're holding on to it. That's my ailment. You know, you're holding on to it. You've got to give that thing to God. I was uh, reminded during the time that in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear... Listen to this, but power, help me out, and a what? Sound mind. See, when you're in the midst of a problem, when you're in the midst of a situation, when you're in a circumstance that's beyond what you can do, how many of you would agree that the enemy plays with your mind? You know, I tell you what, my mind can just go out there sometimes. (laughs) What about yours? I mean, my mind's like, he just go out. I mean, it, it, you, know, I, you know, sometimes I'm talking to people and I'm listening to them and I'm thinking, man, your mind's out there. Whoa. <laughs> the enemy's got you all twisted and turned around and, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, your mind's just all out there. So, when, when, you know, that I was reminded of the scripture here that, that tells us that, you know, during this situation that God has not given us the spirit of fear. See, fear has a paralyzing effect upon you. Fear will stop you. It won't keep you going forward. You're going to stop you right in your tracks. Fear will stop you in your tracks. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you know that God is with you, let me tell you something. There's not a demon in hell that can stand against you. Come on, somebody. And that fear dissipates as the Spirit of God rises within you. And you realize that God's given you a sound mind. You know, all these thoughts that you... How many, how many of you would agree this morning sometimes we have some stinky thinking? It's like, where did that come from? You know, well, it come from the devil. It didn't come from God. 
And God doesn't give you bad thoughts. You know, the devil does, but God doesn't. See, he knows that fear will not get us through danger, but love does. Everybody say love does. But love, power, a sound mind. So we, that, that word love, I'll tell you what, the pow, there's power in love. When you've got love in your life, it's gonna, it, it goes a long way. And, it, and courage can. It gives you courage. You begin to have courage. Courage, after all, is not the absence of fear. It is the will to preserve, uh, uh, persevere out our uh, uh, obedience in our life. So we, uh, you know, you go through that thing. In the midst of the opposition, we find that Peter and one of, the, uh, one of Jesus' disciples became one of the main leaders of the church. Now, he, here he was. He was a fisherman. He was a backward uh, man. He was not a spokesman. But God began to turn all of that around in his life through obedience, through the impossible situation. Now, you may remember the conversation that Jesus had at the Last Supper. And, and, and he was talking to his disciples in and, and Luke uh, twenty-two thirty-three. Turn there. I don't think I have that one up there. Yes, I do. There it is. Okay, I want you to look at this. And, and, and Peter and the other apostles replied, we must, we must. No, let, let me go back up. Let me go back up. But Peter replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus answered, notice this. I will tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today that you will deny me three times. You'll, three times that you know me. You're going to deny that you know me. Wow. Sure enough, Jesus was arrested. You know the story. And Peter denied three times. He was fearful that the same thing would happen to him. They saw, he saw what was happening to Jesus. It was a, literally they were taking him out to, you know, to beat him. And he didn't want to be in that number. Sure enough, he was taken out. But, but Peter's encounter with the Holy Spirit. When he began to receive the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, everything changed in his life. His life took on a different perspective. Now, Peter was no longer afraid. He, he was, and openly, he began to share the gospel with everyone he came in contact with. Listen to it again in Acts chapter 5 and verse 29. Peter and the entire apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed and hanged on the cross. God exalted his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, Peter said. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to us whom those, obey, who those whom obey. You see, Peter and the apostles could not stop talking about Jesus. And let me tell you something. When you have a real encounter with the Lord and the deeper encounter that you have with God, let me tell you something. He's going to be in your life. He's going to be in your conversation. Come on, somebody. He's going to come up. Why? Because he's in there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. He's in your life, and his conversation is going to come up. They were compelled by revelation that they had received through the resurrection of Jesus. See, they saw him. They heard him. They knew that this was to be true because they were there. They were witnesses. They had witnessed a miracle, and they could not keep it quiet. Remember the man at the gate called Beautiful? And they went by. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the man began to walk. How many of you have seen a miracle? Let me see your hands. Anybody here seen a miracle? You, you know, I, I witnessed some miracles when I was very young, and it affected my life. And it's, it's affected my life because of that. It's like, wow, that, that was a miracle. That was something that only God can do. 
and, and I could tell you story after story after story in my life of miracles that happened that I've seen. And, but it, it affected their lives. What are you listening to? As a result, what are you declaring? You, you see, you, you get around someone long enough and you can hear what's really important in their life because they talk about it. How many of you know that Jesus needs to be important in her life? He needs to be in us. The Holy Spirit needs to be important. He leads us, experiencing all truth and the insights that are to come. The Holy Spirit gives us revelation. You know, sometimes I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just like you. I have feet of clay just like you do. And there's times that I'm facing situations and I don't know exactly what to do. But let me tell you something. I begin to pray and the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to do. Somebody say amen. And sometimes, you know, I, I begin to pray, and, and I begin to pray in tongues, and, and it's like, well, what do you do that? Do you understand what you're saying? No, don't. But i tell you one thing. When I get up, I can feel the power of God. I begin, my thinking becomes a bit differently. I begin to understand things more clear. I begin to see through the f- facade that the enemy is throwing before me, and God gives us wisdom. Come on, somebody. And gives us power, and we can walk in his strength and his calling. Somebody say amen. So we need that, and that's exactly what happened. Peter received that Holy Spirit. Everything changed. Everything changed. They can beat him. They can do whatever. It does not matter because he has his mind made up. You know. So number one, God calls us to do the impossible. Number two, write this one down. Write this one down. God empowers us to be unstoppable. He empowers us to be unstoppable. So the more resistance, the more threats, the more violence... Peter and the apostles came up against the more unstoppable they became. It was like a machine moving forward. I mean, God was with them. And the Bible says that Peter just walking down the street, his shadow, they began to put babies out in the street because they said, you know, just the shadow of, you know, the touching their babies, they were healed. Come on, somebody. What power was happening in the early church because these men got excited about what God was doing in their lives. I found in my own life that God will often bring to us through difficult situations and circumstances things that are impossible in our own strength that we may learn to completely rely on him. See, we get our backs up against the wall and we don't know what to do. And then some people just cower in the corner and fear paralyzes them. When others, they begin to wait upon the spirit and they listen. And God gives us a word during those times. Come on, somebody. God helps us in those times where we don't know what to do. You can't stop the unstoppable because I tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life today, you need to have the Holy Spirit in your life today. And let me tell you something. I believe everybody has a part of the Holy Spirit if you have Jesus. But let me tell you something. You, you need to seek and, and, and begin and get your prayer closet and have that real experience of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, 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 and you say, oh, Pastor, is, is, is that a, a strength of power to you? Yes, it is. I tell you, in my own strength, I cannot do things. But with the power and the help of God and the Holy Spirit, I can do all things. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. I can do all things. When we remember it's about God's strength, it's not about our own. I'm not talking about anything that I can do. You, you know, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It doesn't mean that I have any kind of power or you have any kind of power. But it means that we rely on God and we understand that through God's power, things can be turned around. Things can happen the way they need to happen. They can work the way they need to work. Why? Through God's power. So we begin to pray. It's a, you say, well, pastor, is it your prayer? Let me tell you something. It, it, it's not your prayer or my prayer that really makes a difference. God makes a difference, but he uses that. 
So when we join forces with God and we put our hand in God's hand and we begin to agree together, there's nothing, you know, that can stop us. If God be for us, help me out, who can be against us? So God is with us in that. I remember when I first began to preach. And, you know, uh, when I came here uh, to pastor, I was 26 years old. And, um, and I was pastoring a church. I was working a full-time job. Uh, I had uh, three children. Uh, you, you know, it just seemed like I was one of those, you know, it's just juggling the balls, you know, or throwing the plates up, you know, just trying to keep everything spinning and doing. It's like, man, I, I meet myself coming. I'm tired all the time. And believe in God for God to turn things around. Now, let me tell you something. There is a timing for God. Come on, somebody. And you're obedient. God you know, hears that. He knows that. He understands that. He, he works through that. So uh, during that time, we had a missionary. And in the open Bible, they just tell you, Especially in that day, they just told you a missionary is showing up on a certain certain time, and you're you know take care of the missionary. Told you what to do, and you know the pastor, and et cetera. And I, okay, I'm open Bible. Whatever we need to do, we can work with that. So he was coming in. It's on a Wednesday night, and I thought, well, give me a break. You know, I don't, I'm not preaching this Wednesday night. So how many of you know if you're not preaching, you don't prepare? <laughs> Hello, I mean that's that's a no-brainer. <sighs> Mike, I'm going to rest on this one. You know, I was like, yeah. I heard, and this guy was good, supposed to be good, dude. I'm thinking, I'm looking forward to I need a little fire in my bones tonight. I need somebody to fire me up, you know. And I go, and I'm in the, in the service. And, you know, we, we sung that I shall not be moved about 30 times, you know. I'm like, where's the speaker? It got time for the speaker to come. And we sing another song. We sung another one. He still didn't show up. And I'm thinking, ah, ah, I guess I'll be moved. I guess I'll be moved. Who's the speaker? He, he got the wrong memo and went to the wrong church. What he needed that night to be ministered to, so he went to the wrong church. They just let him sit in and they ministered to him. But where did that leave me? So I'm thinking, okay, all right. That had been something I'd been working on and the scripture and stuff like that. And I, I had prepared, but it was for another time. It wasn't for that day, but I'd prepared, Jim. I, I'm preparing, you know, you know, and sometimes I'm doing that now. I'm preparing something over here thinking it's going to be a certain day. Let me tell you something. You need to always, if you're a minister, you need to always have a word somewhere. Because you never know. And uh, I got up and I preached. And I tell you, I'm depending on God. And I'm just saying, God, all right. I, I don't know what this is all about or what you're doing. But here I am. Hallelujah. And, and I began to go. I went on everything that I had. And I went to as far as I could go with something. And then you have to depend on God. At the end of the service, we had a little lady about this high. Her name was Sister Ruth Karch. Anybody remember her? You remember her, don't you? Little lady. Dynamite comes in small packages. Oh, she was a prayer warrior. Oh, my, 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 my. She had, she had, she had graduated from Bible college. She knew the word of God. She could pray. And, and she was, you know, but that, I'm serious. That's a little lady. And uh, uh, she came up to me and she said, well, Pastor Grimes, I want you to know. And I'm thinking, oh, here it comes, here it comes. That was the best, best message you've preached since you've been here. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, when God's in it, he will overshadow you. Come on, somebody. And I had to think about it for a moment, and I thought, okay, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. God can come through for you when it seems like everything else fails. God will and can come through for you. Somebody say amen. 
Hallelujah. What is impossible with man is possible with God. We receive, you know, empowerment through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because his strength is made perfect in weakness, according to 2 Corinthians 12, 9. His grace, everybody say his grace. His grace is sufficient for you in those times like that. So following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter and the, uh, and the apostles responded to the call of God, began to preach the word boldly. They began to teach boldly. Their words and their actions uh, enraged the city leaders, and the leaders threatened to kill them and to beat them. And the Pharisees, and they did the same thing. But there was one Pharisee out of the, out of the crowd. His name was Gamaliel, who advocated on their behalf, persuading the high priest to let them live. He saw the Spirit's power working in their lives, okay? He recognized that if God was orchestrating this, the spreading of the gospel through Peter and the apostles, there was nothing that could be done to stop a move of God. How many of you believe that? See, he, he, he perceived that. He said, you know, and here basically what he's saying, he said, you know, if this is not a God, it's going to fizzle out, but if it's of God, it's unstoppable. It's going to come to pass. I don't care what we do, you do, nobody else does. It's going to come to pass. And, and, and Acts chapter 5, verse 38, if you want to turn there, and we're going to be out of Acts 5 today, you know. And I want you to listen. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. As a, remote, uh, as a result, I should say, of Gamaliel's speech, the apostles were not killed. They were flogged. They were beating. And they were told in order not to speak. Instead of, you know, seeing the flogging and the threats as a, uh, you know, as a uh, situation of pain, Acts 5.41, if you're in Acts there, the apostles rejoiced because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace in the name of Jesus. You say, Pastor, what's happening here? They chose to set their focus on God. Their sights were on God. They, they were, God, whatever your, your will is in my life, I want to go that way. The greater picture, you know, of doing God's will on earth. How many of you want to do God's will? Let me see your hands. You want to do God's will? As a result of that, Acts 6, 7. So the word of God spread and the number of the disciples in Jerusalem increased, increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. See, folks, there's times that you're going to do something that you're going to obey God, and there's going to be an effect, but other people are going to be affected by what you do and your obedience. Can, can I get a witness this morning? What you do, what you do, what you do. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Mm. Hallelujah. See, when God called me to pastor here at OBC, it's 26. I had a wife and three children. The last one, Jake. Wave your hand at me there, Jake, the snake. Six, he was six months old. And I tried to put him at the piano at six, but he could, six months old, but he couldn't do it, you know. <laughs> Still in Bible college, doing all those things. Had one elder. And a church that opened Bible was ready to close. It was a, I was the last hope, you know. We witnessed many miracles. But among the apostles in the early church... There was a man named Stephen. I'm saying all this to say that sometimes there's people just like in Bible times, just like you in a situation. It's like, wow, there's, 
you know, it seemed like it's impossible. It seemed like maybe this is not of God. Sometimes when things look the darkest, that's when God can come through. Come on, somebody. When you went the farthest that you can go, that's where God begins to take over because you cannot go any further. A man by the name of Stephen, among the apostles of the early church, Stephen. And Acts 6, 8 says, who was a man full of uh, God's grace and power, and he performed many miracles. Now, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit gave him and came to him, and could not, they could not argue against him because of the boldness. And they realized that God was with him. I mean, they, they, these guys knew the Bible, but he knew it even more. These guys knew the Bible, but, but, but his wisdom was superior to theirs. And they realized, and they, they put their fingers in their ears, and, and they were so upset. Stephen, you know, and they rushed at him. They dragged him out in the street, and they began to stone him. And Stephen became the first martyr of the church. So, in the account of this significant situation, Acts chapter 7, tells us that Stephen looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. He began to pray. And here's what his prayers. Here's what he said. He said, Lord, receive, uh, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, and Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Let me tell you something. The acid test of a person that's walking in, 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 you know, the will of God in your life, you don't hold things against other people. Ooh, it got quiet. That's something else you got to let go of. How many of you honestly would be honest this morning have been hurt by somebody? Let me see your hands. Seriously, look at this. About everybody here. I'm going to lift two hands and a leg at the same time, you know. (laughs) It's like, man, you know. And sometimes, you know what? We're hurt by those that are close to us. Hello. But folks, I'll tell you what. It's just like a hot coal. You hold on to it, and it's going it's gonna, it, it's, it's to bring pain to your life. What you need to do is let it go and give it to God. I want you to hold a fist up this morning. This, you know, this signifies what you have and someone that's done against you, and it's there. You know. And just do this. You need to let it go. I tell you what, you want power in your life? Let it go. Whoa, that's the Holy Spirit. It wasn't, you know, I didn't, hadn't even thought about that until just then. I know that was of God. See, Acts 1-7 says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be, help me out, witnesses. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. So if you're a Christian walking around, the only thing you can talk about is what somebody else has done to you. Well, I'm preaching good now. Hallelujah. I know some of you think I'm meddling, but I'm preaching good right now. See, we need to be a witness. Need to be a witness. I would, I, you know, I had, they canceled it, but I had uh, called to do jury duty. And I thought, you know, sometimes I can get out of that if I want to, but couldn't be in a minister. But I thought, yeah, I'm going I'm to do this like anybody else. If I'm going to serve like anybody else. So I, I was going to do that, you know. And, and let, me, let me just say this. We need to be a witness for God. You know, you need to be a witness for God. And you need to be able to witness. You need to, you, need to, you know, look like a person, act like a person, talk like a person that knows Jesus. See, see the, you know, when they looked at these disciples, they, they looked upon them. Everybody say, they looked upon them. They didn't, these apostles didn't look like they'd been sucking on lemons. 
Hello. They didn't have sour faces. They looked upon them. And then they heard them. And they were talking about Jesus. Everybody say the word Jesus. Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what these people done to me. I'll tell you what so-and-so done to me. No, they weren't doing that. i tell you what. They weren't talk, even talking about what the, the rulers had done to them. And, and let me tell you, say this. Most of the time when something is done to us, it's probably most of the time somebody has done you wrong. And they're wrong. Am I right? But how many of you know two wrongs don't make a right? If you go ahead and do something wrong, does that make it right? So you need to be like Stephen. Don't hold it to account. Forgive him, Lord. That's what Jesus did. See, that, that, that's the maturity of a Christian that's, that's mature. And I, I'm not saying that, that, that you can't work things out or things should not be worked out. I believe in conflict resolution. I believe in resolution. I believe you can talk about those things. There is a procedure in the Bible, but you need to go by that. And, and, and that shouldn't be the thing dominating you, dominating your life. You need to have power in your life. You need, you know, some of you may come by somebody and they might need a, a touch in their life. They may need a healing and you can pray with them right on the spot. And let me tell you something, it's not you, you're not going, you, you, you're not, you couldn't lift a fly. Come on, somebody. But, but the power of God could. And you can pray for them. There's times I pray for people. and How many of you have ever prayed for somebody and you didn't even feel like praying for them? I've had pain in my own life. And then people, you know, coming up and want me to pray for them. I'm thinking, really, you need to pray for me. I'm in pain here myself. But you know what? I'm, I believe in God. They need prayer. We're going to pray. If any two of us on earth shall agree together touching one thing that God says, I'll grant. I'm just believing God. That's what these early church disciples did. So Stephen's impact did not end at his death. It continued on. It con- Everybody say it continued on. continued on. Acts chapter 7 tells us there was a young man by the name of Saul of Tarsus who later began to be the, became known. He, his name was changed. His life was changed of, of Paul, the apostle. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was there that day when they stoned Stephen. Let me tell you something. In the midst of a situation, you don't know the impact that's what's going to happen. Let me tell you something. How many of you know we are impacted today because of the one one man by the name of Paul? Writing two-thirds of the New Testament because of what he saw and witnessed that day with a man named Stephen as they were stoning him. And him looking, he was looking up to God. He had probably a smile on his face. And he said, I see Jesus. Now, the Bible says in Jesus that sits at the right hand of, of God. How many of you know what it says that? It says that, that, that Jesus sits at the right hand of God. And Stephen said, I see Jesus standing. He stood up. Can you just see him? Look here, Father. Look here. Look here. Jesus gave the man a standing ovation that day. And Jesus said to the Father, that's going to change the church right there. And, and, and Saul, who later had, you know, had, was murdering people in the church, had orders. And everybody come to that's a Christian, he killed him. But he had a, a, an event and he had an experience on the road to Damascus that changed his life forever. And let me tell you something. How many of you know it went right back to that seed of Stephen, them standing by Stephen that day? 
something happened in his life that day that changed him. He didn't know it. You know, I got, I got saved May the 31st, 1971. That's when I gave my heart to Jesus. I was converted. Now, I played around the altars for many years up to that time. I was a preacher's kid. How many of you know every weekend you get saved? Come on, somebody. Get saved over the weekend. Through the week you live, you know, you, you know you're going to go get saved again. And you guys, as I said before, don't laugh so hard. Everything we PK preacher's kids knew, we learned from the deacon's kids. But on that day, I made a genuine commitment to give my heart to God. But you know what? It really happened on Easter Sunday. When I heard a message preached, and it got inside of me, and it got in my head, it got to messing with my head. It got to messing with my heart. It got to messing with my life. You take a seed, and you, you take a seed of any kind. You put it in the ground. And it gets the right water, the right sunlight, the right nourishment. How many of you know it's going to grow? So it grew May the 31st, 1971, when another altar call was given. I had no intentions of coming forward, but, boy, that, that seed began to just pop out that day. And I realized it's time to make a change. And Jesus changed my life forever. He'll change yours. Somebody say amen. amen. So those things were totally, totally changed. In closing, we live in a world of unprecedented hope. We live in a world that is hopeless. We live in a world that <clears throat> every sphere of economical, social, political, uh, emotional, Morally and spiritually, and, 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 you know, it, 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 they're needing hope. Wherever you turn, there's a sense of hopelessness and circumstance in people in their daily lives. And, you know, I, I'm just here to say this morning that there's always hope in God. Don't lose your hope in God. I believe, and this is the greatest hour for the church. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the church may go through even some persecution. I don't know what they may look like in the, pre, you know, in the future here in the U.S., but we may. But I want to say this. The Holy Spirit's always going to be with us. And if he brought the early church through persecution, he can bring us through it. Can you say amen? Let me give you a closing uh, scripture this morning. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible probably. And it's Romans eight twenty eight. Some of you could quote that, and I can too. But I want to just say it slow. I want you to hear it. And we know. Everybody say, and we know. Mm, I love that first part of that. And we know. See, it gets back up in your, in, your, in, your, in your head, in your thinking, in your mind. And we know that in all things, oh, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Another, another way of saying, and we know that all things work together for good, King James. We know that all things work together for good. See, sometimes there's things that seemingly is working against you, and you may think it's working against you. You know, I, I love games. I have a few games on my phone, you know, and I play sometimes, and I'm play in a situation just, you know, and, and, and sometimes some of the games, I'm making someone think like they're, they're winning, Jeff. I mean, like they're winning, but I'm setting them up. And they think they're winning, you know. So they go all in. I say, mmm, trap set. Gotcha. <laughs> That's the way God does. So I'm a very strategic person. Strategic in the mind, thinking, you know, 
ahead. You know, all things, everybody say all things. things. Not some things. Not most things. But help me out. All things work together for good to them that love God. How many of you love God? Let me see. That's you. That's you he's talking to. Love God. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. See, my prayer this day is for you to know that God has a plan for your life. And, you know, may we be like Stephen who influenced and impacted Apostle Paul so much. He was a man full of God's grace and power. A man full of God's grace and power. Oh, I want to be full of God's grace, don't you? I just want more grace in my life. You know, how many of you, be honest with you this morning, how many of you know that there are some times that you're probably grumpy? Mr. Grumpy today. Old grumpy today. Oh, pastor, it's not me. I'm never grumpy. Don't deceive yourself. Do you know what? If we're, if Stephen was full of grace, and we can be full of grace, it's down there somewhere. But our present situation is getting in the way. And we need to understand that grace is there. The Spirit is all. How many of you know that <clears throat> the Spirit of God doesn't leave you? You're going down the road. You're driving. It's 45. And you see you're getting a little late. And you speed it up a little bit. The speed limit's 50. And here you're going 65. How many of you know the Holy Spirit doesn't jump out? No. Leaving you because you've just broke the speed limit. I know I'm being facetious, but how many of you know sometimes we get stupid stuff in our mind like that? See, God is with us. And he'll be with us to the very end. That's what the promise of the scripture is, that he will be with us. So what we need to do in these situations when we have those grumpy days, we say, God, this is not who I want to be. I don't want to be like this. I want your grace to just flow through me. Let your spirit flow through me. I want more of you. How many of you know if we're asking more of him, he's going to give us more of him? Come on, somebody. If you get anything out of this today, give the Lord a hand clap, would you?